Jake, it's a really important day. What's today? It's Happy Gilmore's birthday. Oh. <laughs> was that yesterday? No, it's today. Today's the 25th anniversary of Happy Gilmore. Adam Sandler hit a lot, hit a uh, golf ball the same way Happy did, and he fucking nailed it. Yeah, yesterday. Yeah. Was that yesterday? Yeah. Everybody came out today. No, it was yesterday. Rush Limbaugh's dead. <laughs> <laughs> we could just redo it, but yeah, that was yesterday. I was just saying, because I remember I saw it at work, Shit. because then Shooter McGavin did the putt into yeah. the glass. Fuck! All of it came out today in my phone. I was like, fuck yeah, happy Gilmore's birthday. I'm Dude. Dude, I keep up with the news, bro. Guys, guys. What's up? <laughs> I fucked up the opening. Let's That's go. hilarious. <laughs> Let's just redo it. No, no, it's funny. Let's keep going. All right. That's so funny. All hey, right. guys. I was going to say, like, when you said it, I was like, yeah, it was yesterday. <laughs> Happy Gilmore's birthday was yesterday, guys. What's up? That's so funny. Okay. We're um, back to our regular scheduled program. But, I mean, you know, fucking, uh, fucking, fucking Rush Limbaugh died. Rush Limbaugh died. And you know what makes me happy? Because I know you're not on Twitter. No, I'm not. I'm on Twitter. Rush Limbaugh died at 70 from cancer. Yeah, from lung cancer, yeah. Sad that he died from cancer. Yeah. Tragic whenever somebody dies from cancer. Rush Limbaugh died of cancer. And about five minutes after he died, the number one thing trending on Twitter was hashtag rest in piss. Really? Swear to God. In five minutes? In, within a five minute span. It's still tre- It's still trending. Damn. It's still trending right People now. People hated Rush Limbaugh. Well, because he was an asshole. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was known for being an asshole, but then he became one of those hyper-conservative alt-right assholes, and it's like, oh no, you're not entertaining anymore. That's scary. You're just... You're, you're fucking awful. He's propagating. Hey, look at him go. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he he died. So those are the two big things. Happy and Gilmore. Happy Gilmore is 25. <laughs> which, I think it's so funny that you got that. <laughs> I fucked that, that up fucked so that bad. Up. You had it behind me too. You had you know, important announcement, and I was like, "What is it?" And you were like, "You'll see." And then it, if you had told me, I would have been like, "Oh, oh it, was, it was yesterday." I would have been like, "It's yesterday. You won't fuck it up." And then, oh, fucking okay, um, fucking moron. Anyway, <laughs> but yeah, we're back. We're back to not listing shit anymore. Finally, yeah. That being said, so the Writers Guild. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm fucking with you. But the Writers you do Guild, like a short episode. The Writers Guild did their announcement, and I'm not gonna read off the shit because it disappeared within a day, and I was like, "All right, guess it doesn't fucking matter." Yeah. So, it uh, I, that podcast episode killed me. It yeah, me, me too. <laughs> me too. Uh, but now we got a bunch a bunch of cool shit happened while we were listing stuff. Yeah. One of the coolest. First things. major thing that yeah. happened is uh, Cara Dune. Or, oh yeah. Or Gina Carano from The Mandalorian was fired. Mm-hmm. Because um, she compared the plights of Republicans to, to those of the Jews during the Holocaust. Which is wrong. Insane. Very it's, it's wrong. It's just insane. Um, but then it came out a couple things came out about it. First thing that came out about it was they were gonna have a spin-off series. About Cara Dune? About her, yeah. Sure. And she was gonna get a 50,000 pay raise per episode of that, which is cool. Whatever. Yeah. Would have been a cool series, I'm sure, because she would have just been like being a yeah. marshal. I liked that fuck. character. Yeah, she's cool. Second thing that came out was um, she found out she was fired from Twitter. Really? Yeah. 
because so she made this post wow. on her Instagram story. She's already been problematic. Like a lot of people are like, why didn't you fire her before? Yeah, apparently they were kind of like looking for a way to fire yeah. her. Yeah. And uh she posted on her Instagram story, you know, being a Republican is as bad as this was in the 30s. She wasn't, it's not. It's wrong. Yeah. She was wrong. Um, and Disney apparently just immediately was like, eh, you're fired. <laughs> Before it was able to get from her, from, from their representatives to her agent to her, it went from their representatives, the press got word of it, it took Twitter over, and she found out. That's hilarious. That's amazing to me. And then it's like, you want to feel bad, but it's like, no, you're a shitty person. I don't feel bad. Yeah. Because it's like, if that's how you are as a person, I could give a fuck that you I've, found out you were fired. I've heard people try to defend her by being like, well, yeah, Republicans are, they're making us wear a mask. Just like the Jews got the stars. I'm like, that's not, not the, same. the same thing. Yeah, it's very different. One, we all have to wear masks, not just Republicans. And you should be wearing masks if you're not. Because yeah. if you're not, you're part of the problem. And the sooner you want to not have to wear masks, you should start wearing one. Because if we're all wearing masks and the shit goes away, the sooner we get to not wear masks. I don't like it either. Australia's partying right now. New Zealand had concerts. I miss concerts so much. Concerts are so cool. I didn't realize how many I'd been to until this shit happened. And I listened to music with Ali and I'm like, oh, I saw them live. Yeah. She'll be like, really? And I'm like, yeah. yeah I realized I the other day we were eating dinner and I realized I've seen Christina Perry. Really? That's how many concerts are coming back in my head. I'm like, like, yeah, we were out to eat and like, you know, one of her songs came on and I was like, oh, I've seen her live. And Ali went, really? And I went, Holy fuck. Yeah, really? Yeah. Like, I was like, I was like, yeah, I haven't thought about that forever. That's how much I miss concerts. I missed it. I was at the bank today and I was also missing concerts because the woman behind the counter, we were talking and I'm like, yeah, I used to like, if I was to treat myself, I'd go, Hey, I'm going to go to a concert and I go to a concert. Now I'm like, Hey, I'm going to go to the grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And one of my coworkers is like, he hates his mask. And I'm like, dude, fucking get over it. Like, just get over it. It's mm -hmm. not that bad. It could be so much worse. You forget it. I forget it's that. I do this for, like, for this. Bro, <laughs> I'll wear it to the store. Forget I'm wearing it. Get in the car. Be driving. Somebody will look at me and be like, what the fuck are you doing wearing your mask? And I'll be like, oh, shit, I forgot. Why aren't you wearing yours? Like, <laughs> like I'll be like, oh, shit, that's right. Also, I remember, there, like, people complained a lot when it first got implemented, but then it got cold. And I'm hearing a lot less complaining. Yeah, that and also people aren't getting, like, sick. But yeah. not, like, COVID. Like, just sick. Yeah. Like, people aren't getting... Like, Allie was saying, she she usually gets sick a lot, apparently. I wouldn't know. I've only known her through COVID. So, like, I've never seen her not during this time. But, like, she's like, I normally get sick. And I'm like, okay. I normally don't. So, it's yeah. not... Like, for me, it's not saying much that I'm just like... Yeah, I haven't been sick. It's no, like, I normally get the flu this time of year. I never. I I got sick once in college. Really? Once. I got and sick it was every and it year. was COVID. Yeah. Like I got sick once. It was COVID. That was it. Yeah. All of college, I never got sick. Uh, in high school, I think I got sick twice. Like I don't get sick, and it's not like, and I'm not, I'm not the person that's like, I don't get sick, but when I do, it's really bad. No, nah, when I get sick, I puke and I go about my day. Like I'm a human. Yeah. Ali's like, I get sick all the time, and it's so nice because with the mask, I'm not getting sick. And I'm like, there you go, silver lining. Yeah, there's a, like, there's a, there's a bonus. I got, oh my God, my junior year, because I get sick every year. My junior year, thank God my roommate wasn't there. I got so sick and hot. I just laid like in my boxes on the floor where it was mm -hmm. cold and just stayed there for like three hours because I was in pain. 
And I walked into the, like, the supermarket to get medicine. And they're like, sir? And I'm like, huh? Where am I? Oh, Dayquil. <laughs> I just went home and I'm like, oh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> but but back, yay, to, back to the topic. Not being sick. Hooray. Uh, yeah. yeah, Cara Dune got fired. Cara, the character Cara Dune got fired. Yeah. The post is very problematic. And then I get, here's my thing. I understand when people are like, you know, she should be able to post what she wants. Sure. Yeah. That's fine. The issue isn't that she's able to post or not post what she wants. It's that when you're at that level, that, that stardom, that's yeah. part, not even that stardom. Cause gun to my head. I know her from Deadpool. Yeah. It's when you work for that level, you're working for Disney. You're representing that brand. Yeah. yeah. There, there's a level of re responsibility that comes with it. Like, it's like I'm not going out. Like, if a five year old girl was like, her he, her hero isn't the actress, it's the character. Yeah. Like, if Robert Downey Jr., if the Avengers were the level they were when Tropic Thunder came out, Robert Downey Jr. wouldn't have done Tropic Thunder. Probably not, yeah. Because that came out around the same time as the first Iron Man. Not when not when Marvel was what it is now, Gigantic. but when it was like, we're setting the groundwork to maybe one day make an Avengers movie, but just the first one. Yeah, that like Tropic Thunder was like Robert Downey Jr. dodged a lot of bullets. Oh and nailed that part. Yeah, and, and not even that he dodged him. Like he came under the scrutiny he came under. But mm -hmm. if if he was to kids what he is today when that was made, he probably wouldn't have done it. That, it's harder to bear that responsibility and be like, I'll play a character in blackface. Sure. Like, <laughs> that's not something people say. Anymore. Like Marvel would look at you and go, no, you fucking won't. Like, <laughs> and if you do, you're fired. So there's probably points in your contract where it's like, you know, you can say what you want. You can do what you want to a level. Yeah. Posting that definitely crossed that line for sure. She got fired. Uh, yeah. It's also like they have any right to let you go for any reason. And if they're like, we don't like the energy you're bringing or the the image you're bringing to our brand, they can just get rid of you. Yeah. They don't really need a reason. Which, which is the other thing. Yeah. Situations. Like you're part of this industry. You can get fired. Yeah. Like that's an, that's any job. So I, I understand the whole, why can't you say what she wants from one perspective, but from the under, other perspective of like, when you bear that responsibility of like, kids are watching the show. They don't know who you are. They know the character. They like the character. They want to see you as the character. And then they're going to learn that the person that played that character is a piece of shit. Yeah. Disney doesn't want to bear that. <laughs> They'd rather just be like, hey, so before you do more shitty things, you're done. Your character's over. They've announced they're not going to recast it. Yeah, no. They're just saying... Done. Well, it's good that it ended on because I finished the second season. It's good that they ended it where they ended it because they can just be like, okay, bye, and just get yeah, rid of her. Because her character in the show ends by basically helping out the Mandalorian and then he goes on his way. So it's like he never has to see her again. Yeah. They can just mention her in passing. They can be like, oh, no, she's still a marshal. She's out, though. You're not going to see her. Yeah. Cool. Fine. Done. Wrap it. Done with a bow. It's over. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she got fired. On the topic of Disney, to uh, update on a statement we made last podcast. Yes, about uh, Mulan. By Mulan. We figured out why Mulan was so controversial. So what they did was, one, the main actress of Mulan supported 
the governmental policing of the Hong Kong protests. Which is bad. Which is not good, because mm-hmm. what protests are for is for people saying, hey, we want this to happen and you're not listening. What you shouldn't do is go, hey, hit them harder, which is what Hong Kong did. Yeah. And hit them really, really hard. And yeah. it was wrong. Uh, yes. So that's one. And then, but the big thing is that they filmed a portion of the movie in a place called Xinjiang, which is filled with concentration camps of Uyghur Muslims. Uyghur Muslims. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uyghur Muslims. They're, yeah. And they have been in, <laughs> and they're, it's being called vocalization camps. I was going to say, yeah, that's right. And re-education camps, which is pe- just. People are mad. People were very mad. I, I, now I remember, yeah. Because yeah. they basically are just tracking down and r- rounding up Muslims and. Mm-hmm. Put him in camps. It's very bad. It's extremely That's bad. Right, I forgot. And Disney was like, "Yeah, we filmed there," and everybody's like, "No, no," and they're like, "Oh," and in a statement, they went, "Yeah, it's brought us some problems. Like it's like they stepped on shit," and they're like, "Uh oh." Like, it- <laughs> well, yeah, because so it's a huge, it's a huge major issue. issue with China's government. Yeah. 1.5 to 3 million inmates. Yeah. So yeah. here's I'm gonna play I'm gonna play Disney's devil's advocate on this one. So, we'll get we'll get by the heavy shit. This is like the last heavy thing. Yeah. So <laughs> here's me. I'm I'm play devil's advocate for Disney on this one. So when it comes to stuff like that, I sort of get where Disney's coming from. Because of one thing and one thing only. What's Disney going to do? Was was Disney... How are they going to change the government? No, film somewhere else. Where? Anywhere else. Where? They're like, we filmed a majority in New Zealand. Okay. Then just film or build a set. It's Disney. But... <laughs> I, know, I know it's Disney. But he, So people... Because I remember when this happened. People called for the change. And it's right to call for change. I'm not saying don't. You, yeah. you should. It's terrible what's happening. You're calling for it with the wrong people because Disney's going to make money and China's box office and grossing and market for film is, I think, third large. It might be first largest. Hold on. Mm -hmm. I think it's largest. And the thing is that if Disney didn't know beforehand, okay. If they did know when they had a choice, shame on you. Afterwards, now that they've said, oh, we fucked up. There's nothing they can do. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, I get that. Go out well, to the government. <laughs> that's the thing. So China is the second largest film market as of 2018, behind only the US. Yeah, they consume a lot they, of media. Yeah. And then behind that, I think, is Bollywood, and behind that is Africa. But if I'm Disney, and I'm the big wig, and I'm sitting there, and I go, I need to market this to everybody. And you know it's going to make money. It did. It made money in the U.S., which baffled me because you had to pay 20 bucks to fucking watch it for a minute there. Yeah, no. The second highest market is China. And you know what's going to look good when you try to sell it to people in China? Chinese landscapes. Made it in China. Yeah. So it's that. But it's not saying it's okay. But then when people got mad at Disney, it's like, okay, cool. But now you know this is happening. Go to the government. Call people. Call your representatives and be like, hey. Why are we doing deals with China when China's doing this? The other thing is that a lot of... Because Jackie Chan, too, supported the Hong Kong mm-hmm. policing. Uh, and people went, well, f- fuck them. 
And then a couple of people, very well-educated people, went, well, some of them say it to support them, but some of them it's their feel well- like they don't have a choice. Yeah, it's their well They need to make money. Yeah, they need to they make need money. They need a home to go to. But also out of fear, apparently, yeah. of the Chinese government. It's a communist government. Yeah, exactly. You know what happened to people in the <laughs> Soviet Union during the time of the Soviet Union that went, hey, fuck the Soviet Union. They died. I mean, Putin's Putin's they, opponents are they, still dying. They didn't disappear. <laughs> they got killed. Like if that, that's the other part of it. There, and it's not just China. There are certain governments. There's an Iranian filmmaker who made um, a movie called A Separation, which is amazing, and it's a beautiful movie. And it was his breakthrough international film. And his name's Asghar Farhadi, amazing director. Asghar Farhadi. He's fantastic. Made a movie called The Salesman. It won. It it's a great movie. Yeah. It won him an Academy Award for Best Foreign Language Film. He didn't go to the Oscars for two reasons. One, he was protesting the executive order that was a travel ban on Muslims. Yeah. So he was protesting that, which was fine. It later came out if he had shown up and wasn't protesting that he would have been barred from entry to Iran. Really? So then it became a question of, and he has never spoken on it, but people were like, he's not, he, he, he hasn't done much of this. Like he makes these really great movies. He goes to like the Cannes film festival. He's won awards. And now he's doing this. And people realized it was probably partially him being like, fuck that van, which is fair. Yeah. But it was also partially probably him being like, if I come to your award, I can't go home. So why would I come to your award? Yeah. So with these people that su- that, that quote unquote support the Hong Kong thing, yeah, it's probably a mix. It's probably like, I I gotta make my money. I gotta go home. It's that gray area of some people might just be legitimate pieces of shit, and a lot of times it's just complicated. It's a very complicated yeah. issue. Uh, so I understand, but that's why Mulan was controversial, specifically the internment of. Uyghur, yeah, Uh, Muslims, and you know Hong Kong. Yeah, and a shitty communist government being a shitty communist government. Yeah, fucking commies. But next up, a couple. I have a couple casting announcements beyond the Last of Us, which we're gonna get to. Sweet. First casting announcement: Michael Sarah and Jeff Goldblum are in early talks to join Wes Anderson's next movie. Oh hell yeah! Nothing. Michael con- Sarah, really? Yeah, nothing confirmed, nothing announced. Considering his newest movie still hasn't come out, I'm very excited for that. I am too. Oh. It's called uh, the French Postal Service. No, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> Something like that. The French Dispatch. French Dispatch. Close. I was close. I knew it wasn't Postal Service. Um, but so they just got announced that they are in talks to be cast in his next movie. Simone Ashley has been cast as the female lead in Bridgerton season two, which is cool. Good for her. Cool. Zack Snyder has said that he's considering developing a retelling of the Arthurian mythological concepts for movies. Oh, that would be really cool. It would be. As much as I don't like Zack Snyder, he makes visually cool looking movies, so I'll if, take it. If he's given full artistic control, it... It looks pretty good. Yeah, I'll take it. The plot's all right. It'll be entertaining. Yeah. Um, Ryan Johnson. Yeah. Has announced that his Star Wars trilogy that was announced. Yeah. Is still happening. The one with. No, 
he so he was given the reins for his own trilogy. After yeah, the last trilogy. Oh, did you not know this? No. Oh yeah, no. Ryan Johnson is gonna make three Star Wars independent. Movies. What the like, fuck? In, oh, not, independent. No, no, not oh. independently funded. They're their own movies outside of the saga. I know. I what I thought you were saying was you got one, two, three, and then four, five, six, and then seven, eight, nine. And he's making ten, eleven, twelve. He is making ten, eleven, twelve. No, he? he's not. Okay, fuck. I was they're like, their holy own shit. They're, but they're going to be their own trilogy of stories cool. within the Star Wars universe. And he has announced that that's still happening, which is cool. Okay. Uh, what else have I got? That is actually really dope. Yeah. I'm excited for that. I wonder yeah. what it's going to be about. Writers Guild Award nominations came out. Nothing to say. Here Martin, they are, right here. Martin Scorsese. Talking shit again. To who? This time, streaming services. For people that don't know, Martin Scorsese said some shit about Marvel movies basically being considered like amusement park rides and everybody was like, cool. And then he was like, they're not cinema. And everybody was like, wrong. And he was like, I'm not wrong. And everybody was like, you're a little wrong because that's not how cinema works. And it became a big thing. And young people were like, fuck Martin Scorsese. And everybody that likes movies was like, well, not fuck Martin Scorsese, but that's wrong. So like, you know, a little bit. And it's like, you're getting old and crotchety, Martin. Calm down. And it (laughs) faded away because, you know, it's Martin Scorsese. He's a good Director. He's an amazing director. Yeah. Uh, but he has another thing that he said. <laughs> and he's now he's going after streaming services. And he has been quoted saying, let me get the full quote because it he does not like streaming services. Okay, so Oscar winning director Martin Scorsese took a shot at streaming services Tuesday for devaluing cinema to mere content and said algorithms are ruining discovery. In the cover letter, he discuss he he wrote a cover letter for Harper's Bazaar or Harper's Magazine. Yeah. Discussing his love for Federico Fellini, who is a director who is amazing. He made a movie called Eight and a Half that everybody should see. But basically one part of the quote says, The art of cinema is being systematically devalued, sidelined, demeaned, and reduced to its lowest common denominator due to the naming of films as quote-unquote content. And people are sort of like, okay, dude. Okay. And he's blasting Netflix and all these streaming services taking away from the cinematic experiences. And a lot of people are basically writing their own opinions on it being like, well, then let's hire film critics and stuff to curate the algorithms. Yeah. Also, if we're going to talk about discovery, like the algorithm ruining discovery, first of all, it was harder to discover independently made movies than big blockbusters back in like the 80s and 70s, 80s and 90s. And forever in cinema. So if you're going to trash them for ruining Discovery, I mean, it's always been hard to get Discovery. So, I'd say it's even a more even playing field now. So you're not wrong. Yeah. So I had a buddy in college who wrote his final, because I wrote mine on Malik, and he wrote his on independent movie, independent cinema and indie wood as it stands with the streaming services today. Yeah. And he basically said that. He's like, it's a double-edged sword because on the one hand, independent movies are as easily accessible as they've ever been. On the other hand, independent movies weren't selling before. Yeah. They're not selling now. And Mm -hmm. it's not because people don't want to watch them. It's because it's hard to market. It's hard to take a movie because independent movies are notorious for being very niche. So when people are like their content and people don't want to watch the artistic stuff, they didn't really want to watch it before. Yeah. You wanted to go watch an art house movie, you had to get a 10 o'clock 
fucking movie ticket at night and go watch it and they're not entertaining go through a coffee house and go out back of the coffee yeah. house <laughs> so, on a sheet and a projector and so people are basically being like dude old guy fucking relax yeah. like people are still watching independent movies i mean a24 I'd, I'd say they're watching more than ever dude a24 yeah boomed in the 2010s literally that one of their movies moonlight won best picture mm-hmm. so you know it's it i see where he's coming from in terms of the more respected movies and filmmakers aren't it's not even they're not making money they're making money they're making movies they might not be getting the the recognition they the deserve. recognition or the audience that they could be getting but it isn't quite the streaming it isn't their fault and it isn't the audience's fault because the algorithms are based on what you watch if i sit down and watch you know face off extraction fucking men in black in the matrix i'm gonna get spoon-fed movies like that yeah moonlight's not popping up shit like that like i mean our housemate watched one episode of one anime show on jake's it fucked up my streaming service and it fucked up his algorithm our housemate watched like you know a couple episodes of a fucking anime on my shit and for like weeks you watch this you must want to watch and i'm like i can't even read that That's Japanese. I don't speak but, Japanese. But so when it's like, and it's not the audience's fault either because they're just watching what's recommended, which is why people are coming back with, well, why don't we hire critics Yeah. to curate this algorithm that will then be like, oh, you know, you watched, I don't know, The Notebook. My favorite. I love The Notebook mm-hmm. and I'll die on that hill. I actually love The Notebook. Uh so you must love, or not love, but part of you is interested in this love story, but also it's a little tragic. So maybe a tragic love story. And then, you know, maybe Blue Valentine pops up in your recommended movies. Nobody's seen that movie. It is one of the saddest love stories fucking ever put to movies. And then you watch that and it's like, oh, you're getting into the more indie artsy shit. And then it's like, okay, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind might pop up. But the average person isn't going notebook blue valentine like it's not gonna pop up you watch the notebook you're gonna get you know bridgerton uh a walk to remember fucking to all the boys i've loved before because that's how the algorithm works so when martin scorsese comes out and says shit like this it's like dude it isn't any one person's fault it also it seems like he doesn't really know what the fuck he's talking about yeah and i also and to his credit he said it in an essay written about a master filmmaker from the 50s and 60s when movies were an experience. So it was probably in his eyes this throwaway, like movies aren't what they once were, which to be fair, they're not. No. And in his eyes, he's probably like, look, that experience of the movie theater being this like chapel and the movie being God, like to his credit, he's not wrong. It's not going to happen. And it's lost. That's not happening anymore. It's just changed mediums where we've gone from the movie theater experience which is something i miss and i know it's something you miss oh i miss it so i miss movie theaters a ton but it's changed to streaming and it's gone from yay streaming's new to now streaming's become a part of our life and it feels like now we're trying to figure out how can we make streaming an experience yeah people are starting to get into that realm of how can it be an experience we just don't know how to make it as yeah, godlike it, as theaters did. The landscape is changing and it's going to keep changing. And I think it's just, I don't think he's behind the times because he made The Irishman, 
for net like netflix helped him make it mm. i think it's just he probably just wishes that cinema would be what it once was and it was probably just a throwaway comment and probably. and now it's just being like you know people are like well we could change that we could change this uh but this, yeah this is going back to the thing about the girl that got fired from Cara Dune. it's like this Anything you say is held to such a different regard. Oh, dude. The, the higher in position you are in any society. Like, it's literally just a two-line quote in this giant essay. So yeah. it's like, okay. And that's taken out of context, too. Like, yeah. it, it's just too, like, you, I, whenever I see shit like that, read the rest of whatever it's attached to. Oh, it's a great, to. it's a great essay. It I bet wanna, it is. It made me want to watch Fellini movies. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but he next, said that. Next up in my news is uh, Jordan Peele. What's he doing? He's making another horror movie. Yay! And he's cast uh, one person for sure. Daniel Kaluuya? Nope. Kiki Palmer. Oh. Yep. And then uh, he's expected to reunite with Daniel Kaluuya. I'm going to come for that. Oh, yeah. What are you? <laughs> I'm excited for that. I love Daniel Kaluuya. And I think Jordan Peele, in terms of horror, is fucking amazing. He is. So I'm excited for that. There's not much to be said about it. That's just it. That's that's the announcement. I'm excited for him to become labeled as... I know this isn't going to make him that label, but I'm excited for him to do something a little different so he can be labeled as an Artur. Oh, for sure. Because he's that level. He deserves to be mentioned as an Artur. Speaking of Artur, when are you doing some of your Artur stuff? Uh, I'm still finishing the Terrence Malick thing because I fell down a rabbit hole doing research for it and learned about all the unfinished, unworked, like unfinished products that happened between 78 and 98. And I was like, oh, these are all really cool. And then I just wrote way too much about them. And I was like, <laughs> that's a fucking problem. And so I cut back on, I actually was writing it today. <laughs> like Allie was in class and I was like, let's fucking go. And then I wrote like four pages and was like, it's none of much. these well then i'm just like it's too much and then i'm like none of these movies even exist <laughs> like, I nobody was like, has a reference i point. was like these are all the unfinished products of his 20-year hiatus like none of these happened that's too much <laughs> <laughs> this uh, is gonna be my little nugget it'll be your side channel we'll make yeah. a side channel for jake to just go just go off um, <laughs> but then yeah so then a couple trailers came out and by a couple i mean two Justice League. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I saw a snapshot which I'm, had Dark Side in it. Yeah, I, I'm gonna watch it just because I think it's exciting that something like that happened. I like that there's so much extra content that didn't get used that he basically made a new movie. Well, and he also filmed more. He did film. Yeah, more. he reshot more, but also yeah, like it show. It, I I think it's exciting because they brought Joss Whedon in to finish it because something tragic happened to Zack Snyder. I think it's. I think it was his wife passed away. Oh, I think I remember that. Something happened, though, and he had to step away. Yeah. So they brought Joss Whedon in to finish the movie, and it was Justice League. And it was bad. Justice League, the original? Bad. And so then it sort of came out. Some people were like, you know, we noticed in the trailer that a lot of this wasn't in the movie. Yeah. So release that cut of the movie. And it was sort of... Fans really asked for it. But it wasn't yeah. it wasn't legitimized for a while. It was like, release the Snyder Cut, and people were like, okay, buddy, the Snyder Cut. And then Jason Momoa, Ben Affleck, and uh, Gal Gadot, and Ray Fisher, and all the main actors were like, yeah, release the Snyder Cut. And everybody was like, 
it exists. Yeah. Like, like they were like, holy shit, they wait. They gas on the fire. Like, they li- fans like, went for it. All the actors were like, hold up, that's a thing? Like, oh my God. Let's re- <laughs> like, all the people that were following it were like, holy shit, the actors just said it's real. It's real. And then um, Warner Brothers is like, it's not happening. They were like, it doesn't exist. It's not happening. And Zack Snyder was fucking silent on the whole thing. And then Zack Snyder announced that it was legit. He was like, yeah, there is my cut of the movie and it probably will never get released. And then with HBO Max, one of the big selling points of it was they get the Snyder cut. Mm -hmm. So it's going on HBO Max and they released a trailer and it's a four part thing. It's four hours. I'm, you know what? That's insanity. I'm excited for that actually. And it's like, I'll watch it and I don't even like the DC movies. I'll I don't wa- either. I, I want to watch it just because that's insane. Mm-hmm. That a studio was like, yeah, you know what? Fine. Fuck it. Put out your movie. Yeah, it feels like they gave him the, the tools to collect as much content as he wanted, but then they took over on the editing side of it. Yeah. And just did their own thing with it. Well, and then they brought Joss Whedon in who put his own spin on it. Yeah. And it just, it wasn't great. And then, you know, they photoshopped out a goatee and it, the moment no, I saw that. No, just a mustache. Just his mustache. The moment I saw that, because it's the start of the movie. It's so bad. My, I, I was excited. I was like, okay, let's see how this is. And my smile faded from my face and my buddy at the time was with me and he's a huge DC fan. Yeah. And he's like, isn't this exciting? I'm like, do you no. see his face right Bad. now? That uh, looks like there's Play-Doh on his face. But I, I am <laughs> excited for it just because that it's exciting to see that happen of like enough people said this is what we want. That the actors were like, you know what? Yeah, let's do it. The director was like, I would if I could. And then the studio was like, you know what? Fuck it. Do it. The demand was so high like, that it busted right through. And at this point, it's sort of just that's it. Because this, as far as I know, the DC like EU is dead. Yeah. Like, Cyborg movie, probably never going to happen. Flash movie is... There was something about that. Troubled. Something was in the works. Oh, yeah, no. it it, There was a movie being made, but its production has apparently been very troubled. And the star, uh, Ezra Miller, whoever, that's his name. Ezra Miller. Yeah. He was caught on video literally choke slamming somebody in a Home Depot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know... Up in the air. I forgot about that. Up in the air if that's actually going to happen at this point. Um, And then, you know, they've got the standalone movies like Joker and the Batman coming out. But as far as the, like, extended movies are happening, I don't think they are. So, like, to have this Justice League movie come out, it sort of just feels like it's going to be its own thing and cool. That's fine. It bums me up because the cast that they had for those heroes were, like, cool. Pretty good. They looked awesome. They were pretty good. And then they just... Fuck the plot. Uh, before we talk about the next trailer, I do have one last bit of casting news. Mm. Jesse Plemons from uh, I'm Thinking of Ending Things, The oh, Boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, discount Matt Damon, if you will. Yes. Um, he has been cast alongside Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro in Martin Scorsese's next movie, Killers of the Flower Moon. That's... He had to turn down the lead role in Jordan Peele's next movie. Just star in Martin Scorsese's really? movie. Yeah. Dude, that guy's getting nothing but good shit coming he's, at him. He's killing it. <laughs> Jesse Plemons is killing actor. it. He was awesome and I'm thinking of ending things. Uh, he was really good in Judas and the Black Messiah, too. Oh, he's in Judas and the Black yeah. Messiah. And also Paddington 3 was just announced. Let's go. So that's cool. Let's but, go. Uh, the other trailer that I want to talk about briefly, because I didn't love it. 
is Cruella. Cruella. Yep. <laughs> it looks like Disney's making Joker with a woman. Yeah, it does. It does. I'll say it. It had the same kind of music and everything. It Look, Emma Stone probably going to kill it. Because Emma Stone's great. Emma Stone's great. I love Emma Stone. Uh, I like the design of Cruella. Yeah. I like it. I hope. Here's what I'm hoping for. Hmm. Here's what I'm hoping. I hope it's good enough that they're able to make more standalone Disney villain movies. Because I'd watch those. I hope. I really hope what they do with the character. Because Emma Stone is awesome. And she's gorgeous. I really hope they make her less like a seductress and more like. She's on the brink of actually going insane. Like well, yeah, she's creepy. She's insane. I because when she was driving the car, it wasn't like she's le- when she was driving the car on the trailer. She's leaned all the way forward and her arms are out. And yeah, because in, in the animated movie, she drives like that. Yeah, and I'm like, if Emma Stone nails this character in the way that like she should be played, which is when she's young, she's going insane. That'd be fun. That'd be that'd be fun. I and hope it looks it's good. It looks like that's what they're doing because the trailer shows her both. With regular red hair and then with mm-hmm. the white and black. So they'll probably do that. They'll... I just hope the movie doesn't have an identity crisis with where they want to go with Cruella. Because I got kind of yeah. feeling of that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Which happens a lot. Uh, yeah. I just hope that they don't fuck that up. But um, it, it looks okay. Yeah. I want to see more just to know if I can form an opinion on it. It would be I'm. It would be cool to see other villains though. Exactly. Like, like Ursula. I was going to say, Ursula, uh, a a movie about Scar, even though you know what happens to them. Yeah. Because, like, you know what happens to Cruella. You know what happens to Ursula. You know what happens to Scar. But, like, if it starts that trend of, like, showing, you know, make a movie about Scar and his relationship with Mufasa when they were brothers. Yeah. Show why Scar wants to kill his brother. Like, something like that. I hope that this movie does well enough that Disney might consider doing something like that. Uh but yeah, I, I mean, it's a short trailer. It doesn't show a lot. It showed enough of, for me to be like, hmm, eh. Yeah. Eh. I but, was, because a part of me was like, the tone makes me feel like bleh, AAA studio, really cash grabbing. But another part of me was like, I like Emma Stone and I want to see this character played out right. Yeah. So we have hope. Yeah, I have a lot of hope. We have hope. Uh, Beyond Cruella and all these movies casting. Last of Us HBO series cast it's Joel. The Mandalorian. <laughs> Pedro Pascal is going to play Joel. And I already told you my issue with them making a series out of The Last of Us. Because you already know what happens. So, yeah. When this was first announced, I remember them being like, we're going to make a series in the world of The Last of Us. Tight. Yeah. Sign me up. Show me a firefly. Give it to me. Sign me up. Give me that. Then they're like, it's going to be about Joel and Ellie. And I was like, I was riding the wave of Last of Us Part Mm 2. So I was like, hell yeah, let's go. And then you got to stew on it. And then, yeah, then they announced the casting. And I recognize, I realized we know their entire storyline. Yeah. Not a little. Not not a piece is missing. We know... All I know how they meet. I know why Joel looks at her like his own daughter because he lost his own daughter. I know what happened with Ellie in the vaccine. 
I know what didn't happen with Ellie in the vaccine. I know why Joel and Ellie had a falling out. I know that they were about to rebuild their relationship. I know, spoiler, that Joel fucking dies. I then know what Ellie does to redeem Joel's death. I know the entire path she's gone down. I've played it twice. I then know what happens to Ellie. I know the whole fucking story. Why are you making a show about it? Because the, the games play like movies. I can just go replay them. It's because now it's marketable to more people. Oh, for sure. That's all. I but, think that's the only reason why. Then, like, give me a show about fucking Abby and the fucking kid. I think it's... I wonder if it's like... Because I know um, like Raquel's parents watch a lot of superhero stuff, comic stuff, that wouldn't be as popular if it wasn't in movie form. Yeah. So... It feels like they're trying to package it for like an older audience. And in this way, these recognizable characters, like a younger person can look at an older person and go, oh, I've played that video game. Yeah. It's a great story. Well, and I remember when uh, part two was coming out, uh, they put all those ads for it on TV, but they played like trailers. Yeah. So it would come on and I remember my dad would be like, what's that? And I'd be like, it's a video game. He'd be like, it is? And I'd be like, yeah, I'm playing it in my room right now. I'd be like, it's paused on my TV. Fucking look. Like... (laughs) I was like, it is that good though. It does. It is that good. But uh, yeah, and I'm I'm glad they cast Pedro Pascal because I talked to my buddy about it. I don't love Pedro Pascal. I don't hate him. I think he's getting better. I hope he gets a lot better. He's working on. Because feels like because so I told my buddy this. He's very likable. It's a nice guy. in his season of Game of Thrones. He was the highlight because he was just fucking cool. Like he played this character that was like sexually ambiguous he would fuck women and men and be like hell yeah let's go he was a dope fighter he fucking bit the dust by the end of the season he gets his head squished like a melon it's disgusting that's fucking awesome but like he served his purpose and he wasn't around long enough for me to realize that he really can't at least at the time act that's why i'm saying i think he's getting better yeah and so like everything i see him i'm like he's likable he does a good enough job but when they announce him as Joel, I'm like, I don't want him to carry the series. Because I like him in The Mandalorian. You don't see his face, though. You don't see his face. And he's not doing a lot of, like, emotional acting. He's a cool, badass dude. I think it's because he was in Wonder Woman 84. Is he yeah. doing a lot more stuff. Because they're like, okay, The Mandalorian. But then they saw his face in Wonder Woman 84. And I said this. As a desperate, somebody that's desperate, he plays desperate pretty well. Yeah, and he did really well in that. He was one of the highlights. Mm-hmm. And my, he was the highlight. Of well, him. and then my buddy was like, my buddy brought up a good point of, I don't love him as Joel, but once they announced it, I can't think of anybody else. Yeah. And it's that. Like, I'm like, okay, then you know what? I'm sure he'll be fine because I'm sitting here like, I don't like it. And then it's like, okay, well, who would you have play? Fuck. Pedro Pascal, like a younger Ethan Hawke, <laughs> Ethan Hawke now, actually, <laughs> but like, that's what I mean. Like it makes sense and I hope he does fine. I'm sure he'll do yeah. fine, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. There was a rumor. I'm going to watch it. There's a rumor that he was, he quit the Mandalorian after the Cara Dune thing. And everybody's like, is he quitting? And the next day he's like, no. No, not no. at all. What? No. Why would he? That's putting so much cash in his pocket yeah. right now. <laughs> like He's like, I don't even have to emote. I just have to voice act. That's awesome. But uh, yeah, 
And then, so we both watched some stuff this week. We did. I didn't watch a lot to talk about. I watched, um, exactly. Oh, I re-listened to all of MF Doom's discography. Oh, that I also listened to all of Freddie Gibbs' discography. I don't know why. Just <laughs> for... Just to do it. Just for fun. Uh, and I watched... You watched Before Sun? Uh, I did. So Sunset? we watched... Yeah, we'll just talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we watched Before Sunset, finally. Yeah. What'd and you think? That was my favorite one, because we watched Before Sunrise, and that was also very good. And I said to you, Before Sunrise felt like exciting, and it felt like like you didn't know where this relationship was going, and like, are they going to stay together? Like it, it felt like new and exciting and giddy. That whole movie felt like that. This movie, mm-hmm. them re-meeting, first of all, shorter, which... Much shorter. Felt, it kind of less than 90 minutes. It was really easily digestible yeah. in that way. Uh, it never dragged, which was well, awesome. So, see, Kyle's saying this. My favorite thing that Kyle did while this movie was on. Oh, yeah. Ky- Kyle busts out his fucking journal and starts sketching start during a movie. I've seen people do a lot of shit. <laughs> In film class, because like people don't reckon like when you go to a film class, everybody watches movies differently. People take notes, people don't take notes. I had one guy in one of my classes, he would sit in the middle of the middle, literally the center of the auditorium, arms around the two seats next to him, and just watch. Some people fall asleep. Um I used to if I got really bored of the movie, I would look up the plot on Wikipedia, read the rest. To know where I was at in the movie. Yeah. And be like, okay, cool. And I would like go to the bathroom and shit. Because I'd be like, I'm less into it. I have never seen somebody take note, take, take, take their notebook out and sketch. I was sitting there. I'm like, you motherfucker. I was like, if you didn't want to watch the movie, just say you didn't want to watch it. I liked it a lot. Um, It inspired me because I've been drawing more lately. It's been really fun. Um, It's something I've always wanted to do, but I was really bad at it. Mm-hmm. And then I was like. Oh wait, you gotta get good at something and start it out by being bad. Yes, that's so how I started life, drawing. That's how life works. <laughs> so I started drawing more. Um and it it inspired me when they were going past the church and into the graveyard. I'm like, no. Yeah. I started sketching. Well um and it was uh, it was a really good sketch. I really liked it. But uh it made me feel very like comfortable. Cause at first I was like, it there was some tension. I'm going to fucking murder somebody. So there's a water pipe and every now and then water is just going. And every time I and talk. And every time Kyle gets really into what he's saying, it starts up again. I'm going to fucking kill somebody. It's really funny to me. <laughs> but uh, I got really inspired by the church and um, it was really tenuous at the beginning. You're like, oh, how are they going to like start talking again? And they just like flowed so easily into talking with each other. Mm-hmm. Um I thought the visuals was beautiful. I thought there was like this really cool, like forbidden connection. Cause for a while you're like, Oh, they're back together. And then they're both like, Oh yeah, I have a boyfriend. I have, I have a wife. I have a kid. It's like, Oh, so like, is this going to be like an affair thing? Like what's mm-hmm. happening? And it just turns into them just reconnecting in like this lost love situation where they missed each other a bunch of times. Um, and I thought it was just like a beautiful ensemble of dialogue that just flowed really well. And I loved the ending because the whole time from the moment you see uh, you see her the first time, she's like, oh, don't you have a plane to catch? And he's like, oh, I got time. I have time. And the whole movie at certain points, 
she goes, okay, you got to go catch a plane. He's like, no, 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 I'll just walk you here. We'll go do this thing. I'll bring yeah, you home. Yeah, he keeps putting off going home. Yeah, and then at the very end, after a very nice song, in a really cute neighborhood, it was adorable. It was an adorable little French like nook of a neighborhood and apartment complex. Uh, she's singing, she's dancing, and then she's just singing a song, and she goes, you're going to be late for your plane. Yeah, she's like, baby. Yeah. You are going to miss that plane. And yeah. he's, just, he's just like, I know. I know. And it just fades out. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> so. It was wonderful. Yeah. It's my favorite just because it's it's definitely the most fantastical of like, basically in the first one, they get together for a night and they fall in love, but then they have to go their separate ways and it doesn't work out. And then the second one, you learn that it didn't work out. They never met back up. And then they they fucking meet again by chance. And it does that fantasy thing of like, look, man, if you went about your life, married, had a kid, marriage not going great, you're not around, you're busy, and then you meet the woman... That you have literally been dreaming about. You wrote a book about. What would you do? And everybody wants to be like, I would drop everything to be with that woman. This movie does that. Like, it's the fantasy yeah. element of like, he, the whole movie is throwing everything away. He's like, I'm married with a kid. And she's like, oh my God, you got to get on that plane. And he's like, as the movie goes on, he's like, nah, like I'm here. And it's so cute. And it's lovely. It's so romantic. I love it. It's 82 minutes in heaven. It's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's very this, beautiful. This, I think, will get you excited for the third one. Because Ethan Hawke has described all three very simply. He described Before Sunrise as a film about what might be, Before Sunset about a film as a film about what could be, and Before Midnight as a film about what is. Oh. Yeah. So Before Midnight is my, in terms of like writing and shit, it's my favorite because there are some really great moments. And I'm excited to see what you think about it. Was this one your favorite, like, cinematography-wise? Yeah, this one's beautiful. Yeah. I love this one. It sets up France like it's a painting. In, yeah, like, the beginning. it does it's very a good pretty. job of just being nice. And um, then, but uh, it's gorgeous. And I... You watched, finally... Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. What do you think? Uh, It ran out just like it would as a play, which is what it's based off of. Yeah. Um, it, they move around just like a play, and the whole place is set up just like a 360-degree stage. Like, you know, some people use the room in cinema. Here, they, they really use it like a stage. Yeah, the blocking is great. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. It's wonderful. Uh, I thought Chadwick Boseman's performance was fucking amazing. Do you, do you get why I'm... It and saying was what I'm saying. So good. Yeah. I it made me start to tear up because I'm like, oh fuck, he's gone. Like he, yeah. he killed this and he's gone. It hurt my soul. Uh his character kind of stupid <laughs> at the end. I would say his naive and tortured. Very naive, very tortured. I loved here's something I really, really, really liked. Uh, it was my favorite part of the movie. It was the way that Ma handled white people versus how he handled white people. Because Yeah. It so, was really interesting, the dichotomy between them. So, and that, so there's a reason. So in the movie and the play, the story basically, Ma Rainey has come to the point in her career that she recognizes 
that the the executives and all the white people don't really give a fuck about her. Mm-hmm. They just want the money they're going to make from her recording. And when she realized that, she's like, well, fuck it then. When I'm there, they work for me. She was a diva. She was like one of the first divas. Chadwick Boseman's character is new. He's new to this environment. He hasn't really realized that they don't actually fucking care about him. Well, he also... Well, no, he says that he knows he's like, the white man doesn't give a fuck about me, but I'm going to use the white man to my advantage yeah, but, until I surpass but, them. But then he doesn't. Because yeah. then whenever the white... Whenever the executive shows up or the people show up, he's kissing the ground they walk on. Mm-hmm. So he says that, but then he doesn't do it. Whereas Ma Rainey's like, they don't give a fuck about yeah. me. And she knows it and she acts like it. She's like, you don't fucking talk to me that way. He's trying to sweet talk his way into a, into a higher position thinking that it'll, it'll be fine. Because he's very charismatic. He's an extremely charismatic character. He ends up sleeping with Ma Rainey's like, niece like yeah. in the movie. Uh, he He's very cool uh and also kind of unfairly treated by ma at the same time yeah uh he's treated kind of pigeonholed pretty pretty hard yeah even though ma is like the representation of you have to fight for your own representation and that's the only way you'll get ahead uh in a in a situation of oppression yeah uh which is awesome it's a great representation of that ma was also uh pretty stern and thick skulled when she, she didn't was, want something she was a was bitch happening. yeah <laughs> she was a diva yeah and uh so his character at the end ending up uh spoiler yeah spoiler he dies well he ends up killing oh yeah no he doesn't die he kills somebody he kills um i forget his name but he kills the oldest guy yeah. in the band he ends up stabbing him because his music was shot down the guy's like I'll buy your songs off you because I'm keeping them. Uh, and all of us knew it was going to happen. It's like, yeah, they definitely the age old, the age old thing where they're going to steal his music. Um, well, and all the other guys were telling him, they're like, dude, it's not what we know what you're trying to yeah, do. It's not going to happen. It's not going to work. And he's very like optimistic, but you can hear after he's treated badly by ma, there's a rumbling that happens in the background and then it starts happening after his music gets shot down and his shoe gets stepped on. His brand new shoes. Yeah, his brand new... His brand new yellow shoes. And uh, he goes after the oldest guy who apologizes. He's like, I'm sorry. What do you want me to do about it? And he's going after him, going after him, and ends up killing him. Stabs him, yeah. Stabs him right in the back. Literally stabs him in the back. Uh, and he's like, why did he make me do that? He stepped on my shoes. And I thought that was a great representation of... like. Uh, I, I think it was a representation of just, like, black-on-black violence of just, like, why are we destroying ourselves yeah, for I the mean, sake of trying to get ahead in the world when we can't get ahead without being a little abrasive. Yeah, and I think it also just his character was just tragic. Yeah. From front to back, his character is just tragic. Extremely tragic. This, the speech he gives about his childhood is... Oh, the monologue to God? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the monologue to God about uh, his, the monologue about him getting slashed across the chest is awesome. Then the monologue to God was gives more like, just like he a, gives like three amazing monologues. Yeah, he goes after one of the dudes with a knife because yeah. he's like, "Have your God save you!" And he just goes after him like, "Oh, this guy's batshit crazy." Okay, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's I'm glad you finally watched it because it's, it's, it's well fucking acted, phenomenal. Like I, I think I, I felt kind of the same way where I'm like, okay, it's a play. I get it's a play. I get why it's written the way it is, and it 
is such an <laughs> the ang the ending really makes you angry. <laughs> yeah. It makes you so pissed off because at the very end, a bunch of white dudes and a little orchestra and the lighting's very different, uh, is they're performing uh Chadwick Boseman's characters' songs. Yeah. And it ends on that. And it's frustrating. But it's it's a very good movie. It's worth watching. Awesome. It's a uh, fantastic movie. But yeah. Uh, I, I thought it was great. I thought it was really yeah. well acted. Um, and that comes to you had some video games. I have some stuff. Which before you get to, I would like to announce, I downloaded Madden. Oh my God. I kick ass. He's been I kick it. ass. I don't know what's in the water that I'm drinking. I don't understand it. The game starts, I set it to the fucking normal difficulty, because I went and checked. I went to settings. Oh, so you did check. I checked. The career mode, had, it, it. there's like a face of the franchise. You basically want to be the best player. I kick ass. I checked the settings. I'm like, I've been kicking too much ass. And when people are like, Jake, how much ass are you kicking? I beat a team 73 to 7. And it was like, wow, that's rough. And you're like, wow, that's a great game. How are your other games? 96 to nothing. 122 to nothing. I just won the Super Bowl 86 to nothing. I kick ass. <laughs> I checked this fucking settings. I'm like, there's no way it should be this easy. No, I'm on the normal setting. You're going to go to a harder setting? No. So I set the computer. Like I went and played just a quick game of just play now. Me versus a computer. Put the computer on the hardest difficulty. Mm-hmm. I kick ass. Okay, you just what? A 40, 42 to the seventh. Yeah, I thought it was 10. I thought no, no, that better. was the last game I was playing. Oh, okay. 42 to seven. Hardest difficulty, I'm just playing. I don't know what happened, though. Because when I was a kid, I used to have a Madden game, and I got my ass kicked. My cousins would clean the floor with me. Just fucking destroy me. I don't know if there was just some deep-seated animal that was, like, training for years and was like, bro, buy Madden. Well, I wonder... I'm going to look it up at some point. I don't know if you want to look it up. If Madden's difficulty for AI has gotten easier over the years? Oh, for sure, no. No? No. You... So, I was telling Allie, last time I played it, Michael Vick was the star. Mm -hmm. He was the best quarterback in the game. You could take the ball as Michael Vick, run to the end zone for your end, like, that they're trying to get to. Turn around... And run all the way back and score. Okay, so the AI. So the has AI gotten has gotten easier. better. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck is going on though. Because like you hilarious. watch it, Ali watches it. I'll get bored, play a quick game, and fucking demolish. It's the ego boost I never knew I needed. <laughs> it makes you real happy. It makes me feel so good about myself. But on the topic of video games, there's a a couple of things that have happened. I'm gonna go with starting off the newly released. Little Nightmares 2. Here's a screenshot. It looks fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just came out. A lot of people are streaming it. I watched the whole game because one of our episodes was taking two and a half hours to, to export. And the game's only like an hour and 15 minutes. I'm like, cool. Yeah, sure. And I watched through it. Uh, it is just... it's a First of all, it's a prequel to Little Nightmares. Mm-hmm. And it actually expands the lore of Little Nightmares so much, uh, because the, I love this weird shit like like Dark Souls Bloodborne shit where it's not like laid out for you what the story is and you have to like piece it together or interpret it. This whole game is just like oh, oh, and 
Do you care about the game's ending or plot? No, not at all. Here's a big spoiler. Skip to this time code if you don't want to hear it. You play as this like little boy and you have uh, a girl with you the whole time and she's following with you. Uh, and you get through like a hunter enemy, like a hunter boss. You get through, you get through um, a teacher whose neck stretches to unbelievable lengths. Uh, it's based on a Japanese myth and it's horrifying. Uh, she has eyes like a fucking chameleon. But you end up losing the girl at one point. Like, she's mm -hmm. gone. And then you find uh, the girl from the last game. Like, little yellow raincoat girl. Okay. You're like, holy shit. Uh, and then one of the last enemies is a tall, skinny man called the the tall man. Mm -hmm. um, comes out of a TV, follows you around. And the last game, throughout most of this game, it's like, okay, you're in this really fucked up world. Then it starts to get, like, weird, like, dimension-shifting shit right at the end. Okay. And you end up having to fight... Not, not even fight this guy. You just end up getting away from this guy. He kidnaps the main character of the last game, pulls her into the TV, leaves, like, a shadow silhouette of her, like, static TV self, which okay. is a really cool animation. Uh, you end up rescuing her, but not before uh, having to defeat... The main character of the last game. She ends up being one of the grotesque beasts of the game. And you have to end up killing like a phylactery. And she ends up shrinking back down to her normal size. It's a really cool boss battle. But then the city starts... <laughs> but he's still going. But then... But wait, there's more. The city starts to get taken over by like this mutated like flesh. Okay. And you're running towards this door. It's like sort of a portal out of this place to wherever else you're going. You're running, you're running. This bridge is collapsing. The girl's ahead of you. You're running, you're running. The bridge collapses out from under you, and she grabs your hand, and you're like, cool. And then she doesn't pull you up immediately. And okay. you're like, oh, no. What the fuck are you doing? And she stays there and fucking lets you go. And you fall away, and she leaves, and you end up sitting in this little wooden chair, like with your head down and the flesh all around you. It consumes you. Mm -hmm. And then it's a, a quick montage of you, the kid, sitting in the chair, not dead, growing up and older and older until the kid grows into the tall, thin man. And that's oh. where it fucking ends. And it's like, oh, this is really cool. <laughs> it's one big cycle. And that's how the girl like ends up in the next game. And she abandons this dude gotcha. and moves on. And it's like, oh, and she's like harboring this guilt, which is why she kills all the people at the end of the first game. It's like, oh, cool. Okay, this is sweet. Gotcha. It's beautiful and it's wonderfully made. And that's my gush about Little Nightmares 2. <laughs> it looks so fucking cool. Um, and then there's a couple other like really cool games. One, which is in, I believe, Alpha. It's called Ill. It's like a zombie horror game. Mm -hmm. It has big Resident Evil vibes like biohazard and and uh village vibes but kind of doomish like fire capability like firing capabilities mm -hmm. uh it's beautiful and then when you kill these you in the demo i saw you kill these zombies a little fucking slivery like slithery thing comes out tries to get to the next body like alien i'm like okay this is cool mm -hmm. it's starting to gain a lot of traction it's extremely cool here's an image it's awesome. Uh, I love it. Next, there is uh, a new open world RPG being developed called Little Devil Inside. It is kind of a gloomy, huge, 
beautiful Breath of the Wild kind of game. And the enemies are so unique and diverse. Mm -hmm. And it's going to the point where I, what I've seen in the game, mm -hmm. it's rivaling Breath of the Wild. Fuck off. No, it's straight up rivaling Breath of the Wild. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Sorry, I'm putting on my pillow while you talk. What is that? So if I had a table here, what you do is you put your hands on the front and you put your face <laughs> in the hole and you just... There's your thumbnail. You look like the siren head guy. <laughs> you look like the siren head guy from Bioshock Infinite. So... <laughs> so... My sister got it for me for Christmas. <laughs> But well, you're saying so, well, you talk shit about. Sorry, I was laughing. Well, you talk shit about Breath of the Wild. Two things just got announced today. What? Well, we're on video games. First thing, Breath of the Wild sequel still being made. More info coming later this year. Second cool. thing, Skyward Sword. What about it? Did you ever play it? I did. What'd you think about it? It's not great. Fuck off. It's not that great. It's great in comparison to all the other ones. It's not that great. It's pretty good. The con okay. Here's what I'll say. The controls were. The controls were. Fucking ass. Yeah, the That's what sucked. made it bad. Yeah, yeah. An HD remake. <laughs> you just got reborn. <laughs> was announced for Nintendo Switch. Okay, I'll play it then. Yeah. Cool. I, I I'll enjoy it if the controls are good. That's awesome. Sweet. This game rivals Breath of the Wild. I shit you not, because the art style is so unique. There's way more unique enemies. It's huge, and it has the same. I say Breath of the Wild because it has the same kind of like menu feel when you mm -hmm. go to start, like the rotating food and everything and you can eat and shit. Uh, it looks beautiful. Uh, there's so many weapons and moves you can use and you're just like this kid climbing mountains. Mm -hmm. uh, it looks very like, um, you ever play the game inside? Yeah. It's like inside mixed with Breath of the Wild. It's very cool. Gotcha. Uh, and that's little devil inside. Next, I'm going to talk about uh, a game that's very early alpha. It's called Undefeated. It is a Superman-style game. And you know how a lot of studios just fuck up, like, superhero video games? Because mm -hmm. they don't know how to, like, oh, you need to be weak enough that there's a challenge, but you can't be overpowered. This game is nailing it. It looks so cool. The laser eyes, the the particle effects. It's basically Superman with, I think, an extra power of telekinesis. And you just fly around and beat the shit out of stuff. It's, I'm watching it. It looks like, yeah, Crackdown. Yeah, it's it's Crackdown with, <laughs> with beating the shit out of everything. Uh, it's really cool if they polish it up a little bit and mix up the plot. And uh, it, it, it would be fucking amazing. You can play it. It's on Steam. Yeah. It's an alpha right now. It's really great. Uh, and then the last video game, which I thought looked really cool. Oh, sorry. Well, you're talking about Undefeated. I pulled up its page. Mm -hmm. It So it looks cool. It looks entertaining. It also looks like shit. It is. Graphically, it looks like shit. Yeah, and it's I'm, very early I'm reading about it. I'm like, why? Why? Because you can play it. Like, yeah. you can get it. Mechanics-wise, great. Uh, Visuals, not here. The reason it doesn't look great, it's created by three students. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, what if we made it good? What if we made like a good yeah. mechanics, like superhero game? And it, it looks like the way it looks like it feels when you're playing it. It looks like it feels really good. If that makes sense. Like, yeah, it looks smooth. It looks very smooth. Graphics wise, meh, but that can be fixed. That can be polished. This game looks really cool. I'm really excited to see what happens with it. The last thing 
There's a game in early development. I don't. I think it All just. All these came games out. are in early development. I know. Uh, the De- little devil inside is it's done towards yeah. end. Uh, Bulletville is what this game is called. Bulletville that sounds really familiar. It looks like a mix between Crackdown mechanics, Overwatch characters, and Fortnite like battles. Okay. It has so many inspiration pulls from so many different places that it looks so unique in itself. And it looks like it's going to be very fun. It's a platformer. It is a platformer. It's a platformer, um, platformer battle Royale style game. Yeah. And like, you can run up walls, run across the walls, do flips. You have a sword. You can beat the shit out of people with guns. It looks really cool. Uh, the characters look interesting. I hope it goes the way of polishing it up a little bit more so that uh, it'll actually gain more attention from audiences and studios that might, you know, support it to help produce it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now, it's it's too hard to say where it'll go because it could go the path of like Overwatch or it could go the path of say, that the, other game. The characters and shit, it looks like literally an Overwatch knockoff. Mm-hmm. But then you get into Hardcore. the game. Then you get into the game and it's third person. It looks like Fortnite mixed with like Crackdown. <laughs> yeah. I it's, mean, hey, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I have no idea what's going to happen with it. But those are some like cool games that are coming out. Thanks for watching, everybody. Uh, and we will see you next time. It's uh, Happy Gilmore's birthday, which is tomorrow. Do you know? <laughs> At this point, it'll be like a fucking week ago. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, thanks for watching, everybody. Make thanks for sure. watching. Like, share, subscribe. Hit the uh, bell. Yay. Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Hit the bell. Adios. Peace I'm out of here.